All right, everybody. Well, welcome to our. This is going to be the first episode that's getting posted. So it is our podcast outside the numbers. Yep. So we've got our hosts. Yep, Sonny. And uh, we've got our co host right here, uh, Nicholas. And today, our very, very special guest is the founding partner of our firm, Nick Irfino. Yep. Uh, a seasoned entrepreneur, a chartered accountant, investor, and a fitness junkie. Yeah, a junkie is that, is is that probably, correct? Yeah, wait a sec. A junkie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> food junkie. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you wake up five a.m. in the morning, you have to be a fitness junkie, I think. Or or crazy, crazy. one or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Nick is actually, you know, the founding partner. He's also a close mentor to me and Nicholas. So, yeah. you know, Nick, you come from humble beginnings. You're a son of Italian immigrants. You came over here. Tell us a little bit about your early life and. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I, uh, I can honestly say I was a nomad. Uh, I grew up for the, my first four years in Italy. I, then I moved to Prince Rupert, British Columbia, lived there for another four years, and then we moved to Montreal and uh, then Toronto. Uh, in Toronto, I've lived in downtown Toronto, then around St. Clair, then around North York, and now I'm in beautiful downtown Woodbridge with stops along the way in Italy and uh, Caledon, Aurora. So I've, uh, yeah, I've basically been moving around all the time. I guess uh, they haven't found me yet. So, you know, I, I, I keep moving. But uh, you're right, a humble beginnings, but wonderful beginnings. I mean, I can honestly say everywhere I went, I was the luckiest guy in the world because our family our home was always filled with love, and that's that comes from uh, my parents, who were awesome, awesome mentors to me and my brothers. That's right? fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. so how yeah. influential were your parents to your success? Amazing, because it was a push and pull in our house, right? My dad used to say, you know, you can go do whatever you want. You know, you can work with a pick and a shovel, or you can go to school. And he made sure that we knew what pick and shovel was. And let me tell you, school was a lot easier. So <laughs> we, all, we all chose school. You know, like uh, my my sister is a professor at university. Uh, my other brother's an engineer. And one of them is uh, an accountant also like me. Um, you know, he's the dumb one in the family, but that's a different <laughs> story. Uh, no, it's – and so my parents instilled education – and uh, it really shows in what the, the results that they got. But it, like I said, it was a push and pull. We we yeah. got the knock at six in the morning, and and you got a shovel in your hand. You went outside, you dug the garden, or you you know you get the call and you'd go fix uh, houses. My dad used to buy shacks and. Mm. We'd go fix them. My job was to make sure I straightened the nails <laughs> that were in the two by fours. So. Um, yeah, from the very early age, we learned hard work and good work ethics. Yeah. And I think that boded well for all of us to succeed in, in our future life. So, yeah, yeah, it's good. And how do you, like the humble beginnings, how do you keep that part of your life still today? Uh, that, I have to say, I got to give a lot of credit to my parents. Uh, my dad is, used to say, you are no higher than the guy sweeping the floor and you're no lower, lower than the king. So remember that all the time, you know, mm -hmm. that guy who's sweeping the floor, that guy Absolutely. is doing an honest job and you got to make sure that you give him the respect that he deserves. And if somebody is trying to impose their values on you, don't just 
let them impose their values on you without questioning why they're doing it just because they have a name or a title or stuff like that. So I think that's what really gave us some levity as we went along. And, uh, you know, I really got to give credit to my dad for that. And my mom just gave us love. She didn't care. You know, what? Yeah. we were, we were, we were her, her kids and, and that that's all there was to it. And, you know, she's a simple woman. Even today, I think all of us find her house, the Island of Tranquility, right? We have our Fonzie. I was telling a story today. We have our Fonzie, uh, blanket from 1974 still there and you know we fight for it to see who gets it first so we can lie on the ground while watching tv on that fonzie blanket right and uh that's i think um i wish there was more of that in the world today because i think we're losing sight of the fact that you know what humble beginnings also teaches you about loving other people and caring about other people and and that's so important you love people you don't love things yeah and it looks like today where they're doing it the opposite right yeah well the world's becoming more and more materialistic so and i think that people think that you know they think that they're gonna they achieve they buy that thing and it's gonna achieve happiness it's gonna give them happiness yeah but that's not the case right it's like short-term gratitude but think about it experiences right and bonds that you have with people Think about the times we've had yeah, yeah, yeah. together, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, if you think about it, when we're 90 years old, right, mm-hmm. we're going to remember the Christmas party. Yeah. yeah with yeah. the pictures. And, yeah, and yeah. that is going to be more important than all the work that we did or all the money that we did. Or, and, and that those are the times that we're going to experience. Or, you know, the walk in Winnipeg, right, yeah. where you told me about your culture. Yeah. And I got... I learned something from that. And, mm-hmm. you know, Nick, you know, I learned about you and, and uh, going back and forth. That's more important yeah. than all the money we're going to make. And ultimately, why? how did we build this firm? We built it on caring and helping clients, yeah. right? And that's that. And then the rest will come, right? Mm-hmm. And if we do that, uh, I think in life, if you do that, it, it just bodes well for everything that you do because yeah. uh, people, fakeness, so easy yeah. to spot. Yeah. You know, they can see it. It's, a, yeah. you know, it, 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 it really uh, is, is very, very easy to see when somebody is yeah. not genuine, right? Yeah, if you want to go far, you have to do it with honesty and integrity. I, I think so. And then look at you guys, you're up, uh, uh, you guys are great young men and I just, I think your parents did a fantastic job with both years, right? And and that that bodes well to not just them, but their parents and their the lineage that you guys have going back generations, and that really yeah. helps make you who you are today. Yeah, I think and, sitting here, all three of us, the biggest thing we have are our families, right? And that's why we're, we we connect over those that those relationships, those bonds, and everything, yeah. right? So. It's That's the neat. biggest part yeah. of your life, right? It's Absolute. not just one of the long, like a very, very long period of time. Yeah. But it's yeah. the most formidable years of your life. Yeah. Is when you're a child, right? But, but and it builds the foundation for how you're going to receive things in the future, think, right? Think of it this way, Nick. You are your parents. Yeah. Yeah. You know they are. You're always going to be a part. You wait. Wait till you get fifty years old, and you sit there and you go. 
oh, Jesus, my dad used to do the same thing. I already right? see it, though, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like, little things, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like, you got to put away everything, right? Yeah. The, house, the house, there's not, no part of the house that's, you just leave your jacket or right. your shoes go away, right? Um, you just got to do those things, right? Yeah, exactly. In my case, it was because I was married to a German for uh, five years. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, we'll get, that's a different story. <laughs> so let's, let's force fast forward a little bit. Yeah. And Nick, uh, how did you get into accounting? Um, um, you could have done anything. You could have done legal. You could have done, uh, you could have been in sciences, but you chose to go to Schulich School of Business and you chose accounting as a major. That Why did you choose this field? And yeah. is that one of your biggest regrets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah, I could have been a movie star. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I only wish. <laughs> uh, you know what? They it, come closer to the funny. mic a bit. Mike. All I can tell you is I love numbers. And numbers are something that I, um, I really find come easy to me. I, w I was going to go to law school or I was going to go be an accountant, right? Uh, and then the decision came, um, go, to, go to business school. And then from there, it was, do I go into marketing or do I go into accounting? And it just, it, it, I found that accounting was easy. Not auditing, but accounting, yeah. right? The numbers, just looking at numbers and seeing stuff. It just came easy to me, and I uh, I found that um, I, I I just enjoyed it. And then I guess accounting. When I came out of school, I made accounting my own. I knew I wasn't going to stay with the CA firm for a long period of time. And while while I was with the CA firm, with I was with Arthur Anderson. We were um, I went into insolvency, right? Because I, I wanted to do things different than what normal accountants did. I wanted to have a broader scope, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So what was the turning point and how did you start I and Day? Like, why did you choose to be an entrepreneur? Wow. Yeah, exactly that. It's I worked in business for eight years, nine years, and I had some senior roles and I found it wasn't satisfying my soul. I just had this drive to um, start my own business, um, yeah. be my own boss, be, be um, you know, I, I don't, I can't even describe it. I, you want to be part of something bigger? Uh, maybe, but I mean, I was by myself. Bigger in the standpoint that you're taking control and uh, of your life and making sure that you go to a trajectory where you want to go, right? Taking a I, risk, right? Taking yeah. a risk. I took a risk because I figured yeah. I was young. Yeah. I was 33, and I had, I said, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to be able to yeah. do it later, and I, I can fail and still get back on my feet. I could have gone back and worked in in corporate America later on, mm -hmm. but I gave up a, a really senior position with a company called Color Color Tile. I was VP of finance there and uh, started my business with no no clients, three little kids under six years old, <laughs> and. <laughs> And you know, right now I think back and I said, "You are you are the biggest idiot in the world, right?" <laughs> but you know what? At the end of it, taking a you leap. believe in yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. And you just do. And it's surprising how things work out if you have a passion for what you do. And I, I think I do have a passion. I have a passion for 
the company, the INA. I have passion for my clients. I, I think, and that's what drove me all these years to, to get to where I am today, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think, too, that, like, your passion for your clients, like, that's the number one thing. And that's what's trans. That's what's that's what the brand of INA is. It's w- how we care about our clients, and you know we go above and beyond, beyond. what yep. all the other accounting firms do, right? Like I know for a fact that you know decisions in our clients' lives and things that you do for them, like you're thinking about it all the time, right? Oh. And like that caring, you can't teach that, or well, you can try to, um, but it takes like a special type of person that. Like you that's guys. That's going to care. Like yeah, you. and I like to think that we care uh, yeah, as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. But that's, and that's going back to, like, your foundation, how you're raised. Because, like, you never stop learning. No. Right? So, of course, our parents raised us. But then we came here as young yeah. kids right out of school. Yeah. And we had people that mentored us and we saw that cared. Yeah. But I also feel like next right to you can't, it's not something you can teach. It's something if you see the flame, it's hard, hard to spark it. Yeah. 100%. And that's and, what you did. Not kill it. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Corporate America wants to kill that flame. They want to make you a robot, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to make you a, a, a bird that flies, right? When you came here, you guys had the wings. You had the talent. You just, uh, I, corporate America, and this is what I found for me, clip your wings. Yep. Right? You wanted to do something? No, you can't do that for this reason. They told you all the reasons why you couldn't do something, right? Whereas here, you know, you, you guys are young partners, yep. right? Because you've shown that drive, that determination, the, oppor- and the, the ability to do something. So all I had to do was give you the opportunity. Right? And that and you guys you guys took it and drove drove it. So uh, that's what we're all about. We're all about making sure that we take care of our clients and teaching our staff and our our and the people around us how to do it. Little things. Picking up the phone. Yeah. All mm-hmm. the time. And it, and no question is a, a stupid question. Uh, it sounds like a, a cliche, but in this, in our case, our clients calls uh, call us about, you know, I'm buying a car. What yeah. do you think? And and you say, well, what about this, this, and this? Or why are you buying a? Why don't you buy a truck, right, instead of a van? Yeah, and that's oh. the thing, right? And I, we try and tell our clients too. I tell them they say, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry for bothering you. I know you're busy. I said, no, listen, you're gonna call me. It's gonna be a yeah. thirty second conversation. I'm gonna tell you what to do. Hopefully it's a 30-second conversation, right? Sometimes it's, you know, it depends. Um, But it's a quick conversation. They know what to do. Then at the end of the year, we're not scrambling to clean up if they did the wrong thing, right? Which could take hours, days, cost them a lot of money, right? So it's important that you call the clients, and it's important that the clients know they can call you. What what have we done to for our clients? One of the things that we said to the staff— you guys on board, right? And I, I know they do it with trepidation is call the client. Yeah. Have you called the client and know, do you know the client's name? So it's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to call the client? Oh my God, I actually have to talk to somebody. I'm 20 years old. I just came out of school. Oh, are you sure? I said, yeah, call the client. Get to know them. Right? What do they do? What do they like? What do they drive? Right? And surprising, 
that is so important. First, to make you the connection, mm-hmm. and then you realize how much you get integrated into the client's lives and therefore can be a better professional. Oh, absolutely. That's how they grow. Exactly. They gr- people grow in this profession by having that one-on-one interaction with the yeah. clients. When they become the first the first point Not- of contact, yep. that's the turning point. That's when it switches from the person just in the office to the person that's able to take on more responsibility. Couldn't agree more. We had a situation today, right? We had, we met a new client and the client comes to us and the greatest satisfaction I got, they, at the end of the meeting said, you guys are going to handle this for us, aren't you? And we said, yep, we'll take care of it all. We'll send the note to the, the lawyer. We'll send the note to the previous accountant. We'll take care of everything for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And you can just see the relief that they had. And when you have that for in a client, I I felt to me that was the best part of the meeting. Yeah. You know, we 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 were relevant and they trusted us. They put faith in our ability to be able to get things done. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I think listen, um yeah, talking about the future, I, I really think the future is gonna be amazing. And mm-hmm. primarily because we have Young guys like you and and the people coming up behind behind you are phenomenal. I'm on my way out. I'm doing. I got my dancing shoes and I'm, yeah. I'm going. I'm going out the door. But I always you know, say I'm probably going to retire before now. <laughs> <laughs> I but, did a quick math. In my, hey, it's, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. So guys, everything you guys are talking about is 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 a, is a brand. It's a corporate culture. Yeah. And many businesses right now struggle to build that corporate culture in society and how things are moving. How did you trickle that down from you through, the, through the, your managers, to the other partners, the staff? How did you, because the corporate culture doesn't build overnight. It, 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 it takes, takes time. Look, you know what, Sonny? It, it's very, very difficult. And, and you're going to get a lot of pushback from people. And, uh, you know, this is 25 years uh, or 30 years now of, geez, I'm old. But you know what? It, it's 30 years of struggle. And there were people that fought to, they wanted us to continue to be accountants, right? And they fought whatever changes we made. Oh, you? why do you want to give people a book at year end? Why do you want to, why do you want to get financial statements out three months after year end? You don't have to. Why are we wasting so much time talking to clients? We don't, we're doing notice to readers. Why are we actually taking extra time to do notice to readers and putting all this other stuff in the notice to readers? Nobody else does that. Um, but then you just become like everybody else. Exactly. I, I, I never wanted to be like everybody else. That's the I whole wanna, point. I, yeah, yeah that's the whole we're point. Different. To we're differentiate different. yourself. I love it. I, you know what? I want to be different. I want to be different. I don't want to be run of the mill. I yeah. want to excel at everything that we do. And if I excel and fail, I don't care. Yeah. But I, I've excelled. I've flown higher than the rest, right? And, you know, we've come across some of the, I won't mention the other CA firm, but it's like Melba Toast, right? We go come across them and... They're arrogant. They're, they think they know more than you do. And then when you basically 
outshine them. And the client has a decision to make. Does he stay with them or does he come to you? And he actually comes to you. That's fantastic. Yeah. And we've done that over and over again. And I think what we built because of that is is something that is going is very special. And we are going to continue to do that because I know it's a cliche, but I always say give everybody 15% more. And I equate it to a panini. See, Italians equate everything to food, right? <laughs> so <laughs> if you go and get a panini, a veal cutlet sandwich, and it has minimal meat, minimal vegetables, stale bread, you're not going to go back to that place. But if you go to that place and they give you more meat, fresh vegetables, and the best panini in the world, you're going to have lineups. And guess what? That's only about 10 to 15% in terms of cost as opposed to one guy to the next. And that's what we want to do here. We want to give them that 15% extra to the clients. And that will will transcend us to another level. Yeah. And everybody else is looking to give them 15% less, cut costs. How can we do things faster? How can we no? What can we do for them? There's a big difference in that. It's not trying to make everything efficient. It's what can we do for the client to make their lives better and help them grow. And and that's the the big philosophical difference between this firm and and other firms. And that's why we have most of the people in here are homegrown. Yeah. Because we've, anytime we've hired people from outside, they come in with different attitude. And re-engineering them is so hard. It's very rare. Right? Right. We've done um, it a couple times, but it's, they don't yeah. get, they don't understand. They're pre-wired. Yeah. They've been conditioned differently um, where they just don't understand why we're doing all that. You know what I mean? It's like that last little step at the end. Yep. Where you're go, that last little part where you're like, okay, these are the numbers. What what needs to be done here to help out the client? Yeah, that's a step where they stop. Right? Exactly. What what do the numbers mean? Yeah. Does anybody ever look and see what do these numbers mean? Like why? What you know? Well, look at the ratios. Oh, and the, the, we're the, probably the only CA firm that I know of that does a video. Yeah, a performance video, right? Who else does that? And yet, you know what that performance video does? It also teaches our staff about that client. Exactly. Or it's that last stop where they say, oh, why did that go down? Exactly. Why did that? What changed here, right? And I, th- yeah, everything like that you just said, it makes, is, them, yeah. it makes all the difference in the world, right? Huge. Anyways, let's, that's yeah. all that we're going to have for this episode. Uh, so we're going to continue this episode. We have one more episode with Nick that will be released next week. So we are going to break. Make sure you come back next week and we will, uh, continue our conversation with Nick Irfino. Thanks Thanks a lot, guys. This is great. Thank you.